Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. And I hope that everybody's had a phenomenal week this week. We've had a jam-packed week here on the Must Read Alaska show. We had Mayor Edna DeVries on yesterday. She is an all-star mayor. She, man, I talk about somebody who's done it all. She's been on the assembly. She's been in a state senator. She's been a, the borough mayor before. She's been the Palmer mayor and she is doing a phenomenal job every single week. She does a Facebook Live to tell folks about what's happening at the Matsu Borough, which I believe is the second biggest borough in terms of budget in Alaska. And she does the School of Government also here in Alaska. Um, and so she just goes above and beyond. You're not going to want to miss that episode. Uh, today, though, we have a very special guest, Pastor Dean Curry, uh, who lives in Tacoma, Washington. Pastor Dean Curry is a friend of mine. He um, He's one of the most unique people that I've ever met. He is a very sincere person. And I'll tell the folks a teeny story before I welcome him on the show. Um, I don't know, maybe 10, 15, no, no, gosh, it's been maybe 12 years ago. I'm, I'm not great with numbers, but maybe 12 years ago, I was involved in a church and, and in Tacoma. And I don't know, we had about 500 people or so, adults and kids coming and we got booted out of our building one day, and I and I uh, myself and and uh, the other pastor of that church uh, find our what find ourselves in Pastor Dean Curry's office saying, "Hey, what 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 should we do? We just got booted out of our building. We already don't know what we're doing in the first place, and now we really don't know what we're doing." And without even thinking about it, without even hesitation, um, Pastor Dean Curry said, "You you just meet it." our building, you know, we got a gym, we got other buildings, you know, we'll just, you can just meet here and we'll, we'll set up and tear down for you. We don't, we won't charge you a dime. You could stay for 10 years if you want. Um, and one of the most hospitable, sincere people that I've ever met, he bent over backwards for us for, I don't know, the better part of a whole summer without charging us a dime. And, uh, I just can't say enough good things about you, Dean. So welcome to the Mustard Alaska show. Oh, John, you you humble me. Thank you, friend. <laughs> it's good to see you again and good to it's an honor to be on your show and congratulations on all your success. Well, thank you so much. So Dean, uh, you are uh, pastoring a, a church in Tacoma, but take us back way back to um, your your first job at Life Center. Tell us what that was, and maybe a fond memory of of your life during that time frame. Yeah, well, Life Center was a is a, a a wonderful church in the Pacific Northwest there, and I got a chance to start as a junior high pastor there under someone who I loved and admired, Fulton Buntain. He's in heaven now, but he was just so good to me. Isn't that just a great, you know, to pastor in a church, in a city where you grew up is such a great experience, you know, it's just, just that 
the network of, of being around friends and knowing the the DNA of a community is a is a blessing. So that was a that was just a great start. And I worked with I worked with middle schoolers. And so never a dull perfect. moment, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Middle schoolers and adults are the same in that um they they get get bored easily and you have to tell a lot of stories so it's perfect training <laughs> for for talking to grown-ups that's awesome so you you have kind of coined the phrase if anybody lives in the what folks call the 253 tacoma area you are famous for saying that you're a jesus guy so yeah it's um you know most pastors that we meet uh that i meet i'll just speak for myself they put themselves in the i'm a christian or I'm a Baptist or I'm a Lutheran. You've always said, I'm just a Jesus guy. Tell us about what that means to you. Well, we live in such a divisive era, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's politically divisive. It's, it's, it's even our genders are divisive now. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, we fight over everything. So, but but one of the toxic things that's happened in religion is is how we we have these sub identities, John. Uh, you know, where like I'm a Baptist, I'm a Presbyterian, I'm Assembly of God, and I'm and these sub identities become more important than the main identity. It's it, it, and when when you hear it like that, you go, yeah, that is a little insane. That we don't we don't have any friendships with people because of a sub identity. Just crazy. So I I started saying I was a Jesus guy because to me, if you boil faith Christian faith down to its essence, it's about Jesus on the cross. And the, his resurrection and his death for my mistakes, and so it, it was so shocking to me how much it resonated. I guess because people are sick and tired of sub identities in in the faith community. It's just even that story you told about, you know, uh, you know, opening up the the facility for you and your friends. I mean, the fact that that's shocking is shocking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason it's shocking is that so much we spend so much time on our sub identity one sub identity is you were a part of this church over here and i was a part of that church over there it's like well, but aren't we a part of the same church it's, aren't we all jesus people aren't we all trying to get the message of jesus out it's to me it's just a form of madness that exists in the christian church yeah one of the um uh things one of the meetings that i were one of the most profound meetings that i remember having with you uh was again maybe 12 years ago and the church that i was involved in was doing these things called missional communities and we thought we were Uh pretty cool and you know i thought i was pretty cool and we we had a meeting with you and we would, you know, meet pretty regularly with you. And this is one of the first meetings we had with you. And, and you asked us to explain what, you know, what do you guys do in the city and, and tell me about your church. And, and then, so we, you know, we talked about how awesome we were and how we did these missional communities. And, 
And then you asked us the question after we got done with our podium speak uh, speech about how cool we were. You said, well, you know, tell me, tell me the answer to this. How many, how many churches do you think we have here in Tacoma and uh, that are, you know, Christian churches are following Jesus. And, yeah. and so we named some number, you know, there's yeah. 347 and we're the, we're the only ones, you know, the people that I was with, we're the only ones hanging out with real people and we're doing, you know, and then you made the statement of, Hey, listen, guys, there's only one church and it's the church folks hanging out with Jesus or folks hanging out with Jesus. And that always was stuck with me of, of, uh, for the exact point that you just said of how divisive even the church yeah. world can be, uh, at terror this is my territory no these are my people yeah and man that was yeah. always the opposite of any interaction i've ever had with you and so tell me about this new church i don't know if it's necessarily a church plant or if it is a church plant you can fill me in on that details but i think it's i think it's awesome that um you you have this church tell us about Thank it you. we just had a mutual friend on mark Lindquist who was very excited that you are pastoring the <laughs> church. So tell, tell us about it and the meaning behind the name. Well, uh, I appreciate Mark's endorsement. I enjoyed that episode, by the way. I'm, uh, I listened listen to it. But uh, that that little moment you and I had about how many churches does Jesus have, a, a, a friend who, another friend who's now in heaven, Doug Coe is his name. He, for 50 years, worked at washington dc with the national prayer breakfast he had he did that to me 20 you know 20 years ago or whatever it was and so it made such an impact on me so i used it i can't take credit for that but i, I do believe it that we really do just have one church so uh, four years ago this weekend this next weekend we're going to celebrate four years wow congrats this thing that we yeah, that we call our church. We started it right before COVID. And we called it our church. I didn't really come up with the name. I had a group of friends who uh, who decided on the name. And they liked it because uh, it, something that's ours belongs to everybody. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's not even a church that belongs to Christians. It belongs to the whole community. So what do we call it? We call it ours. It's collective. And we decide to start it. We don't have any membership. You don't if if you attend, you're a member. So we just try to lower the bar for people to participate. And uh, so it's called our church. And it really started uh, as as I had a season at that previous church that came to a sad end. Sometimes, un unfortunately, not every uh, fairy tale ends happily. <laughs> so I had a sad, I had a sad chapter there where a former employee made some accusations, and and so then you find yourself, what do I, what do I do? And I, I've been successful um, in the marketplace. And investing in real estate and everything. So part of your first thought is maybe I'll just retire, you know, and just enjoy the sunshine somewhere. But um, 
<laughs> the other thing Jesus had maybe about. a different plan for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because the other thing financial independence can do for you is you can do anything you want. And at mm -hmm. the end of the day, I ask myself, what do I want to do? And I just really want to keep helping people find Jesus and helping the 253 area code be a peaceful place. So I'm a volunteer these days for the last four years. I've been volunteering at this church that we helped start, and there's a great group of people, and we we have three experiences a weekend, and it's just been really, uh, it's been such a happy uh, occasion. It's a non-denominational church. Well, the thing, and, one of the uh, things I love about, um, I went on their church website a couple of weeks ago, and you know, nine, nine times out of ten, you and I both know you go to a church's website, and the teaching pastor or the guy or gal that does a lot of the teaching is going to be the main focal point of everything on the entire website. I can't even find you on the website at all. Well, that was, yeah, that was, that was intentional. And it was true of my last church too. I just, I always think it's funny when the pastors, the font on the, on the book, the pastor's name is bigger than the name of Jesus. You know, <laughs> kind of like, uh, this is this is a little out of hand. So you've so, always been a leader of leaders, you know. Ever since I've known you, you've uh, attracted just um, phenomenal uh, folks to work alongside of you, to come alongside of you, and oftentimes you sending them out to different places to plant a church or to go do what they feel like they're called to do. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Do you think that everybody is like that, or do you think that you have a unique gift? John, you, you're 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 bad for my humility. I, <laughs> <laughs> you make me feel good. I appreciate it. You know, uh, it's just so much scarcity in the world. I I I think. You know, it's it's like we all pretend there's only so many customers and only so many deals and only so many. But the reality is, especially if you're a person of faith, there's so many people, John. There's enough people to for your show, as, as successful as it is, there's enough for somebody else to do another show at a different yep. angle. It's just enough. There's more than enough. And once you decide that that's true, really true, not just say that it's true, and that God is a God of abundance and not a God of scarcity, then you can give away your friends. You can give away ideas. You can let people use your properties. The church that we started four years ago, out of that church, I've had two associate pastors go out and start church, one in Tacoma, one in Arizona. There are three other churches that use our building. One is a Messianic community. One is a little Baptist church. One is a non-denominational African-American church. I mean, it's just like there's enough for everybody. It's a big building. And if you guys want to do a different time slot, you can just jump in here. And so, so what happens is leaders are always, other leaders are always looking for people with an abundance mentality. That's the, that's the real story. Yeah. They're looking for people who get it because to be a leader is to be able to find resources, to find ideas. And so somehow I've been able to attract 
marketplace leaders, political leaders, faith leaders. Um, and it's been, it's made my life richer. I just got back from a three day uh, retreat with, you know, four other leaders. One of them leads a, you know, a $440 million uh, nonprofit, uh, a $40 million a year nonprofit. The other is, you know, almost a billion, uh, billion dollars under financial management. I mean, it's just a lot of, it's just a lot, just a group people that God has brought into my life through this way or that way. And it's an honor to be their friend. So give me a, tell me a situation or a story because you are one of the best storytellers of, of a situation that you found yourself in where you're like, I can't, how did I get into this room or this meeting or this situation? There's no explanation outside of, you know, Jesus. Mm. Well, there, I mean, I've met a lot of, a lot of interesting I've met a lot of interesting people, you know, through some friends at the national prayer breakfast. I got some time with the Dalai Lama once Uh, I've had, you know, I've had private meetings with senators and congressmen. I'll tell you one time I was in Washington, DC and I had a friend of mine who said uh, he he was, uh, he was uh, affiliated with a university and he said, what, would you like to spend some time with Hillary Clinton? And I, so I said, sure. So we went over to her office and she was a senator at the time preparing for a presidential run. And we had this great hour. And I, and I thought to myself, man, this is, I just, I'm with somebody who's, you know, who, who was about to be the secretary of state. And I was just really kind of full of this, like, you know, <laughs> felt like I was a, you know, a player. Yeah. And uh, I got in the taxi ride to go back to my hotel and, and my taxi driver was crying. And I said, Hey, uh, what's up? And they were from another country and, and they, uh, you know, with tears in her eyes. So I just, I said, Hey, could you pull over? And, 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 and he pulled over and, and I said, tell me about your family. And this this guy was from Ethiopia, hadn't seen his family for a few years. And it, and we he and I got a chance to pray in this taxi in Washington, D.C. And at the end of the day, John, when I put my head on the pillow, I, I felt better about my time in the taxi with this Ethiopian dude than I had with this united states senator not 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 to kick the senator but just to say like one of the things that my friend doug Coe used to say is hey dean i've been in the big teepee and those (laughs) though the the people in the big teepee they're hurting just as much as the people in the little teepees and it really is true you know so i guess i'm not as impressed with the you know, p- power and money as I probably was at 21 or 24. Now I'm 54 now. And I just kind of looking for connections. I had this one story. It's in, I wrote a book called in the right seat. I know you've read it, but the first story is when I, I had gotten bumped up to first class on Alaska airlines flight from Phoenix, Arizona to Seattle, Washington. And this woman 
who sat next to me had picked a fight with the gal next to her and had kind of said some, I was sitting next to the meanest person on the plane. <laughs> and at the end, by the end of the flight, she and I were great friends. She was a scientist and she and I got to pray together. She was going through a hard time and you know, lashing out and manifesting. <laughs> I don't know. So those are the stories that mean the most to me. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, You've done a great job of bringing people together. I think that's one of your skill sets. Tell, talk to me about uh, you know the time, the times that we live in. You know, right now, uh, so many people are against so many things. They're not for things. So many people are finding ways in life to be negative instead of positive. To find you know figuring out a way to be pissed off at something instead of excited about something, and and and. I don't know if that's doing us much good. T talk to me about um, why do you think we're at this place in our, you know, America or society? And what are some things people can do to get away from that um, way of thinking? Gosh, what a great question. I think there, I think there's a message out there that says <clears throat> this is such a divisive time, you guys should soften your positions. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like whenever we want to get along, we start talking as if we can't have deeply held beliefs. Everybody, everybody needs to kind of soften their position. And one of the things I like about your podcast is I've listened to these various episodes is you have a point of view. You have, a position you have a position politically you have a position on social issues on faith issues it's the problem is not our positions the problem is our disposition <laughs> people don't people aren't fighting because we have because we have different positions we're fighting because we have poor disposition we're just we're just mean i i happen i have political convictions that are deeply held and on some divisive issues from marriage to to sexuality to faith but i still have muslim friends even though i'm a pastor of a community built around the idea that jesus is a savior i still have buddhist friends i have buddhists that attend my church <laughs> i love it and they're not asking me to change my position. They know darn well my position. The, the, but I've worked on my disposition to be sweet, to be to listen instead of talking all the time. Mm. You know, I don't know. Does that feel right? Because like I love, I love when I, there are lots of times I hear people and I agree with their position, but their their disposition is just so sour. Like, hey, uh, you're not helping. Yeah. And there are other times where I meet people and they're teachable and they they listen. And, you know, you're, you mentioned Mark Lindquist, who's a great friend. He and I have been friends for 20 years. And I, I guess politically, in some in some categories anyway, not all, we'd be complete opposites politically. But. Uh, <laughs> oh, you probably hit the hang up button. <laughs> I did. I hit the wrong one. That's funny. I hit the wrong button. 
you're getting you're getting so into it you're getting so passionate about it that uh yeah <laughs> oh brother that's, that's hilarious how it goes when you get rolling but i you know I was just saying someone like Mark, you know, we're, we're complete uh, in some categories anyway, complete opposites. Yeah. But he has such a sweet disposition and I work on my disposition and we can, we, on some things we agree to disagree on some things. We, we kind of mentor and teach each other different points of view. And, and in the end, we're going to ho- hopefully he'll come around to my way of thinking. <laughs> That's uh, I, I like your thought on that because oftentimes I'll have people on the show and I'll have friends tell me, uh, you know, to my face or text me or whatever. Why would you have that person on the show? You I, you don't agree with their position. Why would you have them on the show? It happens every week. People send me these kind of emails. And oh, I, just, I know it. I just remind folks that that um, having a conversation with somebody doesn't mean you agree with them. It just means you want to hear about yes. what they're doing in their mm-hmm. life. <laughs> exactly. The other, I, a few months ago, I had a, a, a meeting with uh, Senator Patty Murray, who for people in Alaska who aren't familiar with her, she's a, a liberal Democrat. She's now the, uh, I want to say the third. Yeah. She's very powerful highest. in the Senate. Yeah. She, she is a very high ranking member now. And I posted a picture of myself with her. <laughs> oh god. That probably were... set off the alarms. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. <laughs> as if I was, you know, if as if I was endorsing her for Pope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if in my my caption just said congratulations Pat, uh, Senator Murray. I'm praying for you every day. Now, which part of that are you not for, you know, congratulating someone who just got a good honor, even though you may not agree with her on anything? Yeah. Uh, Scripture tells us to pray, pray for our leaders. So, I mean, we just so funny. Human beings, John, are a conundrum. It's pretty funny. So you've written a new book. I think that can be super helpful for folks. Um. It, for folks that are interested, we're going to do a, a book giveaway. So um, Pastor Dean uh, has a book on Amazon. Folks get a hard copy of. We're going to be giving away one of those. All folks have to do is like, comment, share, tag a friend in this post, and uh, you'll be entered to win. And then we're uh, I'm going to put a link in the description here. Somebody could just go get this other book we're going to talk about for free on on Pastor Dean's website, church website. But Pastor, tell us about this new book and uh, what it means to you. The new book is called Precipice, and it's an e-book. And it was really written at the outset of the war in Ukraine. I've been to Ukraine on several occasions, met with parliament members, and I met with the former prime minister there, president, uh, Yulia Shemachenko, And I love the city of Kiev. It's one of the great cities of history. And what's what was uh, like like other topics? This war has become a divisive thing. Like should we? Shouldn't we? Da, da, da. But battle, the theme of battle, is something that every human has to make peace with. Battling for your business, battling for a marriage, battling for your kids, battling worldviews. And there are hidden clues in 
in this battle and other battles that help you understand uh, how you can face the battles in your own life. Because there's going to be accusation that comes your way. There's going to be hurt feelings that come your way. There's going to be financial pressure that comes your way. There's going, there are going to be topics where you have to pick sides, where you have to defend something. I don't know about you, you, but I, I've, I've ordered, a, I've bought a few new cars in my life and they never make locks optional. They're, the, 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 the stereo may be optional, the this, the that, but never the locks. Everything of value has to be defended. That's why there are locks on your doors and locks in your car. So about how to defend in a battle, how to how to take offense. So that's the idea. It's just a little ebook that uses the principles from this Ukraine war and kind of makes a personal application. That's pretty awesome. So you've probably had some great mentors in your life. Talk to me about one of them that you've looked up to over the years or maybe have been your hero and why. I think I think it's important for everybody to have a mentor and be mentoring other folks. So tell us, tell me about that person in your life. Yeah, wow. I feel so blessed to, to have had so many great mentors. My you know, my my first employer, Fulton Buntain, I mentioned him. I named my son after him. Just a great man, pragmatic practical. Doug Coe, who was more of a global leader. These guys all had something in common. Uh, they, they took an interest in other people. They took an interest in me. Mentorship, it's hard to force yourself into a room. The, the greatest men and women that I've ever known, they invite people into the room and they, they invested in me. Uh, Doug Coe, for instance, and there's a Netflix documentary, kind of a divisive documentary. I have not watched it personally. It's called The Family, about Doug. And uh, one an interview that I did with him is featured in the documentary. As I understand it, because it's negative, I didn't. I knew Doug. I don't need Netflix to tell me who he was. And apparently the depiction his intentions wasn't entirely positive, but one time I uh, I got a call uh, at one o'clock in the morning, and it was it was Doug. Took the call. I said, "Hi, Doug. Is everything okay?" He said, "Yeah. Do you have a second? I'm like, "No, sure." He was in his eighties, you know, at the time. <laughs> I'm like, "Sure, Doug." Doug Why calls you at one o'clock in the morning. morning answer on the phone. Yeah, I got nothing <laughs> else. I got nothing else going. <laughs> And uh, he said, can I read you something? And I said, yeah. So he starts reading me scripture. He's like, I was just reading this. Is this great? Wasn't Jesus something else? And he just starts, and he goes, anyway, I just want you to hear that verse. And, and, and he hung up, you know. And it's just, I love moments like that where he, he's reading something and he thinks of me. And I've tried to mimic that in my life, you know, I just... Send somebody a text. Send somebody a, a voicemail. Just let them know I'm thinking about them, even if it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Another time, he I ran into him accidentally. I happened to be in Washington D.C. on something else, and I swung by his house, and I didn't hadn't made an appointment or whatever. And he saw me, 
and he he's like, hey, he had some people in the other room, and he, he said, hey, come in here, and he pulled me into a coat closet, and <laughs> and he says to me, hey, I got a question for you. I said, yeah, we're like standing there in this, this dumb closet. He goes, have you ever seen an apple tree move? And I said, uh, no, Doug, I haven't seen an apple tree move. He goes, what? Yeah, me, me neither. What about a water fountain? Have you ever seen a water fountain, one of those big fountains? Do you ever see, see one get up and move? And I said, no, I haven't, Doug. Why do you ask? He goes, yeah, well, me neither. He goes, well, if you haven't seen an apple tree move or a water fountain move, how do people eat? Or how do they how do they drink? I said, Doug, they do, they go to the tree. The tree doesn't go to them. And I just walked right into it. You know, he's like, right. Then he goes, then why? And he was are probably you meeting with you know like the vice president or something like that. Right, right, right. <laughs> But then, but then he says, why are you running around? Why don't you just have fruit in your life? People will find you. Why don't you just have living water in you? People will find you. You should stop running around so much. Just be dean of Tacoma. Yeah. And if, if you have fruit on the tree, people will beat their path, path to you. And bro... Man, I was so busy. That was probably a life-changing moment right there. It changed my life. Especially after this painful episode and how how the work there in Tacoma transitioned so painfully, you kind of say to yourself, Well, now I gotta start running around trying to defend myself or whatever. <laughs> Instead, you just sort of like, maybe I won't defend myself. Maybe I'll just just be a tree over here. I like that. Let's grow good, good fruit. That's a good plan. So, um, yeah. so what, what, uh, what's next for you, Pastor Dean? Do you see yourself? I mean, you're like, I picture you as the pastor of the two, five, three till you're 97, but, um, thank you, brother. Do you, uh, what's next for the church? Are you guys growing? Um, you said, mentioned three services. You got, you know, a bunch of, other churches using the building. Um, yeah. You strike me as somebody who is going to have growth in their life uh, without necessarily bragging or talking about it, but just curious what's next for you. Yeah. I feel like, you know, Jesus is always doing good stuff. So I don't really worry too much about churches. My, of course, the church is growing, but I just feel like I know a lot of Jesus people who have that scarcity mentality where we're talking about so as people as i encounter people i just want to help people figure out how to uh one way i've been thinking about it john is that so many people are on a leash you know they they were born to be free they were born to hunt they were born to get out and but they get stuck because they're on a, they're on a leash called the salary there are a lot of pastors great pastors but a denomination has them on a leash or a salary has them on a leash or you know, public approval has them on a leash. And I just really want to spend the last part of my life helping people get free in their head. Free from 
you know, feeling like, oh, I got to have a salary. And there's so much, so many opportunities financially for people to, to make money in various industries to help them get free. And some of the blessing of my life has been helping other people get free. I'm particularly interested in, I've been doing these seminars for young African-Americans so they can get their first house. Because really financial freedom at some level is about getting in the housing market. So we've we've done trainings for several hundred young African Americans. That's awesome. So so they can get their first house, so they could figure out the programs. And I have two two proteges that now they have you know nine units, nice. they have six units, you know. And these are guys; they have other jobs, <clears throat> but they're getting free. They're getting off the leash, you know. And and then spiritually to see people get off the leaf because they they're connected to drugs or alcohol or you know sexuality that's in a, in a toxic form. So that's just, this is how I think about the future. Well, uh, I could probably talk to you for another two hours, but we've gone forty five minutes in our half an hour show. So um, yeah, I want to thank you. I want to thank you, Pastor Dean, for coming on the show and sharing with our listeners a little bit of insight into your life. You've lived an extraordinary life uh, for only being in their, your 50s, and I'm sure that God's not done with you yet, and he's got some cool Thank things you. in store for you. I, I appreciate the friendship, John. Do you have any last-minute thoughts before we head off here? For Maybe there's people, you know, that we're going to have folks that are going to listen to this. Um, we have listeners all around the world, and they're going to say to themselves because i know that people have said this after they've maybe listened to one of your sermons or met you in person there's something different about this guy i want to learn more about this this jesus guy or this uh this way of thinking so tell tell folks maybe where they can find um your sermons and your church and you know website facebook that kind of stuff yeah the church's website is ourchurch.us it's ourchurch.us. But I think, you know, just I think if people, you know, pick up a Bible and read the red letters in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and uh, don't read the commentaries, it doesn't matter what some guy in Missouri thinks. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like we're so used to getting our, if, in a way, it doesn't matter what Dean thinks, you know, just people this jesus was fascinating transformational multi impactful leader i believe he was more than just a leader but people should find out for themselves and i would the other thing i would leave people with is john quick is not a podcast leader john is a leader leader mm. and your your influence in my life and friendship over the years has meant so much. And I, I don't like, the, I, you could tell I'm kind of against the sub-identities. A podcast is one thing you do. But what you've done in the marketplace with your family, how you're, what you're doing, being a thought leader in Alaska, um, it, it's impactful, John. And I love you. And I'm grateful for you. I appreciate it. Well, 
Pastor Dean, you're welcome back anytime. I could probably have you on every day and, <laughs> and got people excited about it. So um, I appreciate you coming on the show. We're going to put a link in the description on how to get that ebook for free for folks. And then we're going to do a book giveaway. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to want to like, comment, share, tag a friend, and you could win a, uh, a copy of Pastor Dean's uh, previous book, which would be very exciting. And we'll have Pastor Dean back on again here in a month or two. I'm sure that he'll be happy, hopefully, to come back on. And um, until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. Make sure to tune in tomorrow. We're going to have uh, Representative Jamie Allard on, and she's going to be talking to us all about the latest happenings with the uh, uh, being in session there in Juneau and what she thinks the House can accomplish while in session. So you're not going to want to miss that. Um, hope everybody has a phenomenal day. And we will see you again tomorrow. Thanks, Pastor.